Welcome to Porsche Talk. This is the Happy Hour Edition, aka the Drinkcast, aka aka Oh, I've been drinking already, as you can tell. So has Ezra. I'm Eric. This is Miss Paige Lee. Pops, Rockwell Valley Touring Class of 06. I feel like I've been messing up a couple of the intros recently. I think I'm trying to go too fast. Yeah, you're already slurring your words. You gotta get it together. I know, dude. It's, um, a, it's the good beer. It's a, it's like seven percent, so it's it's gonna start hating real soon. I know that beer's trash. What beer is this? <laughs> uh, Victory Cloudwalker Hazy Juicy oh IPA. I just, I was just telling my the other day. I was like, I don't know why people like Victory. That shit is trash. <laughs> Bro, no. You can have a lot of opinions about Victory for like the Golden Monkey or the Sour Monkey. Or remember when you were here? I think it was like it must have been cold because it was when we had like the mad elves that were like twelve percent. But this cloudy walker is like the perfect level when it comes to an IPA. It's phenomenal. I just was talking about um in news of death. I talked to Haley uh, on Monday when I was trying to see if she was trying to slide for the cast. She did hey Red did Haley. Mm-hmm. She let me know that she uh, couldn't because. She has a six a six week post camp obligation, and I told her in that moment, "You might be the craziest person I know." I, what? It doesn't surprise me that Haley signed up for post camp, but I don't understand why. Yeah, she's got the time for it, but like, I can't, I can't do it. I can't do it. I said she slid up on my story the other day when I went to the, me and my like, cheesecake factory getting some food. And she was like, this looks so good. I miss it. And then she was like, I had camp spaghetti. I was like, I'm sorry to hear this. <laughs> like, just the thought of eating, like, camp food for 20 weeks would make me hate life. You don't, Can they not leave now that camp's over? They can leave now. But, like, at the same time, if they're providing food, do you want to go spend your money on food every day? Because it's not like you can buy groceries and cook food. I would just eat at the poorhouse on a regular basis. Yeah. Yeah, but then you'd be blowing your money on poorhouse food. After you probably yeah. spend like a hundred a week just on food at that rate. I mean, not every day, but more often than not. If you've been eating six weeks of fucking cheese toasties, I would be like, you know what? I'll take some <laughs> poorhouse food. That is true. During pre and post camp, though, sometimes Chef Dave does like better food than during camp, just depending on the night. So. Is he still the chef? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I wonder if he's still there, though. Maybe no, he was like, my roommate said, Yeah, my roommate said that he's still there. No, like after after camp. Oh, yeah, he has to. He runs the whole kitchen. And I don't think Oscar came back, and that was his, like, right hand. Mm. Damn, that sucks. Yeah. It would almost be smarter if they let, like, Chef Dave leave, and they were like, all right, like, hey, we're going to go get groceries and let you guys kind of make meals. That'd be kind of smart. Cut out nah. work that. You'd run into so many issues. You'd have people probably arguing over groceries. You'd have people arguing over who's doing dishes. Dishes probably wouldn't get done. Oh. I think we're trusting, like, everybody to operate on a I got me mentality. And I don't trust those foreigners. And most of the post-campus foreigners... If you had, like, a family meal, though, like, everybody rotates kind of thing. Well, they wouldn't need a big kitchen. They could just use, like, the home ec room or whatever. They could. Because mm. that's what they we did. Could. Yeah. 
I don't see it working, but they could do that. I mean, it's probably easier just to have Chef Dave do it, but yeah. it could be an option. If Krug is listening, save yourself some money. Just say, hey, it's a team building thing. You know, post camp's over, but we're still one big team. We're going to be doing team dinners. You know, you're talking team. to the wrong person. You don't give a fuck about. Krug don't give a fuck about post camp. Who cares about post camp? Is that Munger? It's probably like yeah. It's probably Unger. Hey, Unger looks like a guy who can't cook. So maybe let's leave Chef Dave there. Never mind. Facts. I was talking to someone the other day, and uh, she was like, first of all, she worked at a camp the summer at Jewish camp on the Poconos. She quit like four weeks in. And she was like, you said you did it for three years, so I thought I could do it. And she was like, you don't really like put up with much bullshit, and you're not like a super like serious person. So if you did it for three years, I was like, yeah, I could probably do it for three years. And I was trying to explain to her, like, in a non-asshole, like, self-absorbed way, the aura that was me at camp, I was like, that's not a fair thing, though. Because, like, I was beloved. You were <laughs> never going to get that where you were going working with teenage girls and not being rich. And I tried breaking that down. And then I also was breaking down because she was like, so did you like camp? And I was like, hell no. I like some of the people from camp. That's what they come down to. Yeah, I don't. It's it still blows my mind. It's it's almost a thing of like I don't want to say it's like when you're mean to a girl and she kind of likes it, but that's kind of how it works with the kids. Like you were just kind of like a dickhead to the kids, and they were like, "We want to be liked by Ezra, so we'll do anything to do so." You know? Here's my problem, though. That's my personality in general. <laughs> I'm just kind of an asshole, but everybody likes a charming attractive asshole they want to be around me i've created this this aura you know what else was a huge part of that was fucking savage you because that that gave like a exclusivity to Mm -hmm. like counselors liking you and all that shit especially like as being president or whatever so that made (laughs) a huge huge difference because apparently kids were still talking about it my roommate even brought it up Really? Yeah. I mean, like, Ollie was a CIT. Oh. That's like. (laughs) Yeah, you were. I mean, listen, I think a lot of people think camp's easier than it is. And it's not like it's super hard work. It's just like a very interesting environment that you've probably never dealt with before. And I can't imagine dealing on the girl side. Like, the boy side, for the most part, like, I feel like it's relatively chill, but like if the girls don't like you, they'll just gang up on you and just destroy you slowly. We talked about this. That never happened to me. Yeah. We talked about this when we had crew. It takes a certain level of like, you got to have like a certain level of bullshit tolerance because you're going to deal with a lot of bullshit as an adult who has to then go to camp and follow rules and have a curfew and have a wake up time have three meals you have to show up to even if you're not hungry or don't want it so you've got to be willing to deal with a certain amount of bullshit and see it through yeah not everybody's uh you know cut out to be a camp counselor for now was it a jewish summer camp it was a jewish summer camp i feel like that's a lot of what they are if you're going to be at a sleepaway camp is usually jewish especially out in that like pocono region yeah Mm, I hate to see it. Not everybody, I guess, hey, not everybody's cut out for a family. Did your roommate like it, Paige? Yeah, 
She really liked it. She came back with a boyfriend and everything. So, I'm sorry, what? And she was the CIT, uh, one of the CIT counselors, not the general, but she's a specialist. And she came back with a boyfriend. Yeah, she. Had, they're doing long distance, the whole the whole shebang. So I hate to hear that, but you got to do what you got to do. As someone who was naively trying to, I wouldn't say we. Uh, I was ever in a long distance relationship, was trying to make things like kind of sort of see where they would go. It, I just don't know how that's going to go. But she's moving, so that also might work out for her. I don't know. Yeah, but I, she doesn't know where she's moving. Uh, I also did the long try to make it work type thing, and it was just also stupid. I'm going to tell you right now, for everybody I know who came, left camp with a significant other, it, leave it at camp. It ain't worth it. Yeah. They pretty much were, I guess, are just like, uh, I still like you. I don't hate you. So we'll just keep making it work until it doesn't anymore. And I was like, okay, fair enough. That's interesting. Where's he? Uh, where's he at? Jersey. Oh, <laughs> I hate to hear that. Worst day in the world right now. Wait, what? Tell her to dump him right now. Just well, currently at the bar, and he's already coming to visit. So I'm gonna meet him first before I tell her to dump him. <laughs> I'm gonna I wouldn't like, even waste my time doing that. A month. We shall see. I'll keep y'all updated. Nobody good has ever come from Jersey. Yeah. Sure? Nobody good at anything has ever come from Jersey. I believe that. You, as you try to go long, long distance. I did. Did that little Australia thing for a little. Also, right before that, did the uh, New Jersey thing. Yeah. I feel like Jersey's not long distance, though. Jersey long distance one is the DMV. That's like eight hours. Is it really? Yeah, Jersey like eight hours. Okay, when does it go from like real long distance to like bullshit long distance? What do you mean? Because like there's like people where like it's long distance and they're like, oh, they live like three hours away. I don't consider that long distance. Oh, um... If you could comfortably commute there in a day, it's not long distance. Three hours, you could get up at five. You get up at six, be there at nine, spend the whole day with them, leave at seven and be home by 10. That's comfortable. Anything farther than three, three and a half hours, I don't know if I can comfortably commute there. So I'm probably calling that long distance. Okay. Yeah. I don't want to get too much into more camp stuff, but I just like... I do I do have, like, flashbacks of memories of when you were doing your Australian long distance, and, like, I'm just thinking about all the stories and, like, how fucking funny they were in that moment. Yeah. Like, you, you guys in a fucking dorm room trying to survive together. Yeah, that's that was the worst part. Bro, trying to sneak her into the dining hall, like, oh, I was out here living, boy. Oh, man. Hey, I have some breaking news for you guys. Okay. I tried an air fryer today, and I didn't hate it. I'm not going to say I told you so, but I told you. I hate that for you. I'll never buy into it. The broccoli, obviously, I didn't realize how, like, quickly things got crispy in that bitch. (laughs) Yeah. Um, The chicken came out really, like, really good. However, I still don't know if I would invest money into one. Yeah, I was going to say, I might use one. I'll never buy one. Oh, I didn't buy mine either. It was a present. I'm going to have one in my home. 
I just don't know how often I would use it if it would make sense to own it, you know? I'm telling you, if you get one, you will use it every day. I don't think I would. Because it's minimal cleanup. You can cook almost literally everything in it, and it doesn't take near as long. See, that's another problem I have with air fryers. People are cooking too much in it. People are cooking stuff that's not supposed to be cooked in air fryers, in air fryers. And that disgusts me more than anything. Like what? I see people on TikTok cooking steaks in air fryer. I'm not mm. eating no fucking steak you took mm-hmm. out to an air fryer. Yeah, see, that's too much. No, no. What I'm probably, that? honestly, unless I've, like, braided it. Oh, my bad. Time my do-rag. Unless I've braided it, I'm probably not eating no chicken out of air fryer either. Bro, I'm going to tell you right now, I didn't bread it. You know, I just did a little marinade, let it sit for a while, and then do some seasoning on top. It came out crispy, which I was not prepared for. Yeah, yeah I'm not eating that. But the thing is, I would probably only use it for, like, chicken and then maybe, like, roasting vegetables. So I don't know, like, if it's worth it. It wouldn't be really worth it to invest in that, you know? Oh, you can put pizza rolls in it, bagel bites, veggies. Fries. People are eating bagel bites. I love bagel bites. I feel like mm-hmm. I go pizza pizza before um, bagel bites. Yeah, I definitely go pizza rolls over bagel bites. God, pizza rolls, such a good drunk snack. I had them one night, and I was like, this is the best thing I've ever done buying They're these. so good. So, so good. So, yeah, yeah, I've done specifically when I have the munchies. I don't blame you. I think I've also done it where I've had the munchies, and I was, again, like, this is a fantastic meal. Had some ranch on the side, a little dipping. It was great. I don't really smoke, so I don't get the munchies. Mm, it's all about the edibles. Don't need gotta to let people. I don't even really take edibles. I might have edible like once a year. I got to let the people at the cast know that I'm a wholesome man. My body is a temple. Hey. Fucking, uh, yeah, shout out to you, man. No drinking, no smoking. Mine is not, and I brought back a fuck ton of edibles. <laughs> All right. Did you fly with... Uh, I'm not going to make you expose yourself by any means. Um, so if you want to plead the fifth, you can go ahead. Did you fly with edibles again? I did not drive. Okay. Shout out to that. Nobody is checking. Like, when I came from Vegas, I brought back edibles. TSA is not checking you for edibles. Really? And Absolutely it's, not. It's almost like if you're leaving a state where it is legal, they almost like don't even check to like or think to check because it's legal there. So like nobody's checking to see if you're going to a illegal state. Like it's just nobody even thinks about it. Because mm. so. I remember I had a friend, definitely wasn't you, who came back with edibles, but they put them within like something like Skittles or, you know, um, some type of gummy thing where you really wouldn't notice. So I was wondering if that would be a method someone would use again or not. Um, it it definitely could work. It definitely mm-hmm. could work. So if you are, you know, a little hesitant, you can definitely do that because you can bring snacks on the plane. I'm not going to lie. For years, I didn't know I could bring food. I was I buying food like a schmuck at the fucking airport for $10, dude. You would definitely be a smoke for that. Yeah, I can't, can't be doing that. I'm going to start going to Wawa beforehand and bringing a fucking full 12-inch sub on there. I'm a fucking Literally. Plane. Yeah, you can do it. Yeah. So, interesting. Interesting, interesting. Are you going to move to Colorado? Are you going to move out of Kentucky yet? I will at some point. I know I keep saying that, but I'm just waiting for the right 
like sign or time or honestly right now it it'll be when Becca moves out and then from there I'll decide where I want to go but I honestly loved Denver like I loved it so much there wasn't a part of it that I hated so I've heard a lot of people say that um, yeah it's really nice and there's been... a ton of like suburb towns that are in like a really short distance. It'd be like me living in Richmond and going to Lexington. Everything's within like a twenty mile drive or something. Most people don't actually live in Denver, I learned from the people I spoke to. But yeah, I like I've been beating the drum for Denver for years. My boy, close friend of the cast, Dave, has been saying how nice it is forever. So has Kevin's sister who lives out there. My question for you would then be, um, you're you were against vacationing in Denver because it gets cold. You you would then have to like live through that cold if you moved there. Is yeah. that not like a factor? And it snows like from damn near November to May out there, bitch. Oh my god. Yeah, that would suck. I mean, the only reason I vetoed Denver when we were talking about it is because that was like a fun vacation trip, and I'm just not trying to vacation in the cold. But, I mean, it gets cold in Kentucky and snows here sometimes. So, I mean, it is what it is. Yeah. It would obviously be worse there. Don't get me wrong. But they're also probably more equipped for it to snow. So. Mm-hmm. The thing I've talked to Anna about when I was – she was talking about when she lived in Wisconsin and we are talking about snow. And she was like, it snows up, like, a lot up there, obviously, but – because they're so used to it, they're well more equipped to it compared to somewhere else where it doesn't snow as much, and they're kind of, like, shitty with it. So you kind of get a balance of it all. Yeah. But, no, Denver, Denver could be a move. I'm, uh, I've had some thoughts about signs recently, because you are saying you're looking for a sign, and I was like, I think a lot of people are looking for, like, hey, I want everything to align up. But I feel like sometimes you just kind of have to go for it and see, but at the same time, I do trust our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ to give me a sign and let me know when it's ready to go, you know? Oof. Um, that's interesting. Yeah, I mean, like, nothing really happens without actual action taking. I mean, I will at some point just have to pull the trigger, but... I think you should do it now, honestly. Like, once your roommate moves out, I think you should just do it. Yeah, I agree. I wouldn't pull it on Denver. Maybe not Denver, but somewhere else besides Kentucky. Like, I genuinely really want to move to Florida, even if it's just for, like, a little bit. Um, Honestly, just to spend more time with my grandparents, mostly. But I would just – I really just want to live in a beach town for a little bit. Fresh seafood, always something to do. I don't know. I just mm-hmm. – I really want to live – or, like, it doesn't even have to be Florida, to be fair. But just a beach town for a little bit. I think I would like that. Even though I get sunburned. I mean, I don't see why now wouldn't be the time. Like, your job is remote. If your lease is going to end soon and you're looking for just a reason to do so, like, why not just do it now while you're still young and are able to, you know? Exactly. And, like, right now my lease is just month to month. Is it really? Yeah. I've been here for two years this month. And for the last year it's been month to month. It's kind of crazy. That is very interesting. I was, I've always heard, like, people say never to sign a month to month. But it seems I didn't, it I didn't resign. I didn't resign. I have the exact same lease. He's just like, give me a month's head up, and then I can just leave whenever. Yeah, it really does sound like you should do it now. Once once your roommate like figures out where she's going to move to, like just fucking do it, you know? Yeah, I'm going to have to. 
That's surprising though, because when we we got our thing to resign our lease, and it was like, yeah, you can go month to month, but it's also going to be twenty five dollars extra each month that you do that. And I was like, yeah, I'm probably not going to fucking do that. But thanks for the offer. Oh no, um, where? Well, I mean, I already knew my landlord because he used to be my vice principal. So it's kind of like renting from like a family friend type deal. They just like, no, you're not a piece of shit. So it does bring up a topic that I had thought about earlier about, you know, there's a lot of big cities within the U S and a lot of popular places, but like which ones are actually even worth living in? Cause like, let's say maybe not Denver, let's say Los Angeles. People are like, Oh, I want to go to, you know, LA and I want to live my life. And it's like, do you really need to move there though? You don't want to live in LA. Traffic yeah, crazy. LA is terrible. Traffic crazy. You don't want to live in Atlanta, Chicago, Houston. Traffic crazy. DC, traffic. You probably don't want to live anywhere where the traffic's crazy. So I'd rule off all of those like super metropolitan traffic heavy ones. Boston as well as another traffic crazy one. Um, You probably don't want to, like all cities are like naturally touristy to a degree. But you probably don't want to live in, like, a super touristy city either. Like Richmond, for example, capital of Virginia, nice big city. It's not super touristy. So you want to probably find a city that's not super touristy. I'd probably go, like, Pittsburgh over Philly just for, like, PA reference. Philly's super touristy. Pittsburgh ain't really about a bunch of tourism. So I think you got to go somewhere where it's not a bunch of traffic or, like, crazy traffic. And then it's not super touristy. And then from there, you can decide, like, the other factors that matter to you. But those are the two big ones, I feel like. Yeah, and, like, if you want to be near a big city, like, I don't understand why people don't, like, live more out in, like, a suburb of a big city. Mm -hmm. Because if you, say you, like, live in New York City. First off, that is my personal version of hell. Like, that would just be fucking awful. But also, you would have to live smack in the center of it or close to where you work because you would have to walk everywhere. And that would also suck, especially, like, depending on the weather and all that stuff. So if you do want to live close to a bigger city like that, I would suburb it. The problem with that, you could do the public transit route and, like, take the buses, which are usually decent. The problem with the suburbs is most people in our bracket can't afford the suburbs. Because the suburbs outside, like, the real big cities, they come with, like, suburb prices. There's not usually a bunch of apartments, and there's a lot more houses because it's for, like, the established people who live outside the city, and they pay that extra money to work in the city but live outside it. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I was thinking about because, like, when we're, we're at in St. Louis, we're, like, right next to kind of the start of the city. Um it's great. It's kind of like suburban, but you're very close to the city. And I was like, this is very ideal. I would want to live like this in the future. But like Ezra said, I don't know exactly how attainable that would be given the prices of usually the suburbs. Like, let's say you wanted to live in the suburbs outside of Philly. I guarantee it's not going to be fucking cheap whatsoever. Bro, same with these suburbs of Cleveland. Like, I live, like, inner city Cleveland, clearly. I'm, like, six minutes from downtown. Probably about a six minute from, like, all... I could probably be in every part of Cleveland in like a five to ten minute drive. Downtown like six minutes away. Downtown prices is high. But to go to suburbs of Cleveland, oh, those prices are ridiculous. How far are you from the stadium? The Brown Stadium? That's right downtown. So probably like six, eight minutes. 
Are you going to get season tickets? Not going to get season tickets. They wait list is like three years long. I, I wish the Eagles wait list were fucking three years long. Bro, I looked at the wait list. To put my name on the thing, I would have been like the 11,000th person on the wait Like 11,300 or something on the wait list. I think I have. I'm going to check my email real quick. I'm pretty sure I have an email from when I asked where I was on the wait list. I might be like the 100,000th person. Mm. Like it's no joke. But no, I, I don't. I'm trying to think of. I'm trying to convince Anna because we've talked about this before about like, hey, where do we want to end up at post her law school? And I think like somewhere within North Carolina because there's a lot of different. There's like a triangle of like tech or whatever. It's like three different big cities in there that you can go to. And I was like, why wouldn't we just live somewhere like within Charlotte or something? She can do law there. I'm sure I can find a fucking like banking job out there, and like just live out there for a while. You know. I wouldn't be mad at that. North Carolina's nice. I told people for a while I'd probably settle in North Carolina. Yeah. The so thing the thing about picking somewhere to live though, like you can definitely test anything out and nothing's permanent. So even if you go there and you absolutely hate it, like any of us, no matter where we go, we can move at any time. So that's good at least. I'm currently eighty thousand oh! on the wait list. Case eighty thousand is terrible. Yeah. We're getting I was gonna say we're almost getting to the point where the next move might be more permanent than like we can get out of it as like whenever. Cause if she for you or for her or like if Mariah was to get a spot, if they land a job in their field, then you're a little permanent. You're a little more permanent. Your next place probably won't be an apartment. You'll probably be looking at houses. That's a mortgage. You're tied down a little heavier with a mortgage than a lease. Well, I mean, that's only if you choose to go that route though. Like you don't have to. The only issue with Anna, like, wanting to be a lawyer is, like, you got to take the bar and, like, they're definitely opening it up to where you can like, kind of move a little bit more. But usually, like, once you pick a state, like, you're kind of going to be stuck there. So I feel like there's a lot more pressure on where we're going to be at. Oh, that's true. And go North Carolina and enjoy it. That's what I'm thinking, but I don't know. There's a lot of fucking wild cards about family and where people are going to be at and shit. So I don't know. Isn't it wild that some jobs, like, no matter how much education you get, you have to retest if you just move state lines? It's, I mean, it, like, makes sense, but I feel like it should be kind of like a a higher level test. Like, it shouldn't have to be so complex where you have to take, like, a full-on test again. Well, like, so, so I guess lawyers have to do that. Mm-hmm. And then teachers, which I understand that because I guess states differ by curriculum. And then cosmetologists. I'm sorry, what? Yeah, like hairstylists, estheticians, all that have to get relicensed if they move states. Yeah, the first two made sense. The last one was dumb. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's why I brought it up. I was like, what about, like, they have to completely get relicensed. Like, you can't just, like, go to the, like, let's, not a great example. Like, you can't just go to the DMV and get a new license, like. You no, have to take a whole new have, test and all that? Yeah, you have to take, like, say I had my uh, license in Kentucky, I would have to take the Tennessee license test. Um, uh, Things like that don't make sense to me. I don't, for cosmetology specifically, 
whether it's women's cosmetology. I guess barbers don't want to be called cosmetologists, even though that's pretty much what they are. I don't understand why they need a license. If my boy can cut hair, he can cut hair. That's all that matters to me. I don't need you to have a license. And I know barbers be on other barbers' ass because they got shops without license. And I truly be telling them, I, I don't care. If he can cut hair, he can cut hair. If you can do hair, you can do hair. I don't know why you need a license to do it. Yeah, cutting hair, I understand. I, I see why they have to take tests as far as, like, mixing color and all that. Because I guess, like, a lot of chemistry goes into that or something. But I don't understand why they have to do <sighs> license, like, going back and forth to states. Because it's not like hair changes per state. Yeah, I, I can't imagine the from one state to another, like, their requirements are very different. Yeah. So just just let them do what the fuck they're going to do. Yeah. That's crazy. I'm going to be thinking about this for a while now. The fact that <laughs> you just can't move wherever if you're a cosmetologist. That's crazy. I think, yeah. Now I wonder what other jobs there are there where it's like, hey. You know you got to retest for like real estate and shit. Oh, yeah. But, but like, again, how is it just because there's like different laws and codes that you yeah. need to be like up on? That's, that's pretty much what it comes down to. Like every state has their own like property laws and housing codes of violations and shit like that, so. I know I'm a big shitter on people who just graduate college and go into real estate, but would you guys ever consider getting into real estate? I'd kill it. I'd make a killing in real estate. I don't think I would do, like, being a realtor, but I would invest in, like, property. Me and my little brother are actually talking about doing that. Remember I was talking to Anna's dad when we were down at the beach and he was telling me that funny enough that there's like a big thing in Kentucky about the government selling land to get people to try to move there. And like, and he was like, I really want to buy land, but the wife won't let me really do it. And I was like, listen, I'll buy some land in Kentucky. I don't give a fuck. Put some horses on it. You'll be rich as shit. There's a few states who do stuff like that. Usually. In order for them to sell it to you at that price or when the government is selling it or giving it away damn near for like the super cheap, you've got to like move there or build a house there within like two years and become a resident because they do that out in the Midwest too. They'll sell you land for like little to nothing, but it's because they're like towns and like cities have so shit populations that they need people coming in. So like they make you become a resident. They make you build a house there in a certain amount of time or they can repossess the land. Mm, that's a smart move by them. It's a smart move by them because people buy it up. They're like, oh, it's not that bad. Then they go out there and it's like shitty, but they're there because they built a house there and like they're a citizen now. Yeah, and normally if they can do that, they're rich as fuck, so they'll start a business or they'll, you know, invest in something else and blah. blah. Nah, they be praying on the broke. Mm-hmm. It's the broke people who usually jump at that opportunity because like they don't have much money. They can't buy a house where they're from. They can't get a bank to loan them a mortgage. And then they see that, like, the government is, like, doing assisted property handouts and, like, they'll help you get a loan from the bank to build a house. So they trick the impoverished to coming out there. They're not super financially literate anyway. They trick, like, the impoverished to coming out there. And then they're stuck somewhere in a rural area getting paid shit minimum wage, doing jobs where there's not usually a lot of job opportunity. Where they can't pay off their mortgage. Kind of sad. Shit. Yeah, that's fucking terrible. Yeah. That's why financial literacy is, like, such an old... It's probably, like, the biggest overlooked thing in America. And it's it's troubling. Because it's almost like they prey on keeping people financially illiterate for their benefit. 
Well, and if it's not taught to anybody, you like you have to go out of your way to teach yourself. And, you know, how many people actually teach themselves anything just based on wanting to continue their own education? Like, people rarely do that. So, that's I mean, why we need to change curriculums in fucking schools. Jesus. It's not even that, though. It's like, let's say someone gives you, let's say you're going to buy this property in Kentucky, right? They gave you a 10-page thing to, like, read over and look through. How many people are realistically going to look through those 10 pages, like, and really comprehend what's even going on in that? Most people aren't. They're probably going to look through the page that tells you, like, how much land you're getting, maybe how much, like, money or acres it'll be, and, like, the amount of time that you have to build a house on it or become a citizen. They're not going to look at, like, the small nuances of this contract. Because I remember that's that's one thing that I realized when I was, like, looking over the camp contract they send you. I was like, let me, like, look over this real quick, and I, like, realized I wasn't going to get paid until the end of it. I remember, like, hitting Andrew, like, texting him and being like, dude, what the fuck is this shit that I'm not going to get paid to the end? He was like, yeah, that's kind of how it works. And I was like, I mean, all right, I guess. But, like, if I didn't read that, like, and I guarantee you probably 90% of the camp staff don't fucking know that until they get there. Or, like, did, someone tells them. Did nobody tell you all that in your interview? No. Oh, CJ definitely told me that. See, CJ's a real one, though. I think I was going to say, she was new. She probably wasn't supposed to say that. I think I had Pam and Andrew, but I I don't think Andrew, like, I don't think it came up during that. Because oh. it was just kind of like a very general, like, blah, 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 you know? Hmm. But that's how they fucking get people, dude. You just don't read, like, I guarantee you most people are not reading that contract at all. Well, apparently that's why so many people quit this summer. Because they didn't know they were going to get paid, like, at the end of it? Yeah. It's kind yeah, of salt. That's something And I was like, all right, well, you wasted two weeks not to get any money, so good for you. Oh, imagine. Oh, no, no, no. Couldn't be me. Yeah. It can't be. It couldn't have been that bad. Like, it can't have been that bad for them to leave after two weeks. No, not at all. Yeah, we got to get Haley on to once. I guess once she's done post-camp at some point. We need to. Yeah, she called me on Face or not FaceTime on fucking Snapchat today, and she was like, "Yeah, I had my phone in my waistband. I don't know what the fuck happened." And I was like, "All right, <laughs> got it." Also, she's not redheaded anymore. She'll always She'll be always redheaded. Be redheaded. <laughs> <laughs> um, I saw another thought today. I was a uh, shout out to Paige for putting me on to the night shift. I was watching one of Mike's videos right? in there. Yay, okay. Um, but he was talking about he was in San Tropez or Trope, whatever whatever the fuck it's called. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Um and he was like looking over the water and he was like, you know, there's a bunch of people out there with yachts and stuff living their best life. And I really thought about it and I was like, you know, they talk about the American dream, how you can become successful and all that. And I was like, is being rich really even really accessible to most people? I just don't feel like it is. No. I agree. Uh... I think it is. I think everybody can wake up and become rich. I think some people's work ethic will berate, ber- derail them, that's the word, from being rich. And some people, again, their bullshit tolerance will derail them. Because I know construction workers or some of my boys out in West Virginia who coal mine, and they'll coal mine and they do construction. 
Them boys work 16, 18 hours a day every day but Sunday. Them niggas log 90, 95 hours a week. They don't have, like, the degree that makes them a 200,000 there every year. But between piecing those two together and all the overtime, them niggas be bringing home, like, 130, 135,000. You live in the right area with a wife who work, you're set. That's a good point. Like, depending on where you live also determines how rich you actually are. See, I don't even consider that rich, to be fair, though. What are we counting rich? Because when I think of like, rich, I'm just... No, I'm, I'm not talking like hundred thousands. I'm talking like millions, but like high millions. So I just looked it up. There is around 8% of American adults that are millionaires. So 8% of the U.S. population. Like, I'm sure you can, you can work jobs or even if you become like, let's say an engineer, you can live a comfortable lifestyle. But I'm talking about actually rich where like you're living different compared to everybody else. I guess I got to know like the breakdown. Because when I'm thinking rich, I'm like, your house paid off. Your kid's college is going to be paid for. You got new nice cars, maybe a boat, and you can do whatever you want with your money. And I don't think it takes like millionaires to be able to do that. You know, I'm talking like, you know, you got several properties. You got like a nice boat. Like if you don't want to work on a Thursday, you're not working on that Thursday. Like you're living the life kind of thing. Like we don't have to talk like Jeff Bezos level because that's like probably a level very few people can get to. But like. You're talking, like, disgustingly rich. Yeah, like, you're living a good, good life. Not just, like, hey, I'm in West Virginia making 200 k a year kind of life. If, it, if the qualification is a millionaire, then probably not. Not everybody. Like, you're going to – even if you work hard and, like, exhaust yourself, there's a chance in whatever career you're doing, you're not going to make millions a year. So, I only so many jobs handing out a million dollars a year. Something I'm thinking it's, like – you know, let's talk about, like, the American dream. You can be anything. I'm like, yeah, but more often than not, you're just going to be another number in the cog kind of vibes. That's probably the most likely. But, like, the thing is, like, I don't want to be that. <laughs> like, I want to have, like, a fucking house in, like, a different country and just be living my life. And I don't know how possible it is. I don't need that. I just need to be comfortable. Fuck! <sighs> I lost that pool again. I just... I just need to be comfortable and good because, I mean, what's going to happen? I'm going to leave my kids some money. I'm going to pay for their college. I'm going to leave them some money. Outside of that, like, I can't take it all with me when I die anyway. And, yeah, I want to build generational wealth, but generational wealth don't take $300 million per kid. So That's fair. Yeah, for me, I, just, I just want to live to the point where I never have to worry about money and I can swipe my card and buy whatever I want and not have to like worry about checking my bank statement. I'm not gonna I, feel lie. Like, I feel like I'm already at that point in my life. I feel like chasing the dream of being rich would like stress you out and ruin your quality of life. Like stressing about being rich? Yeah. Because yeah. if your whole goal is like you're focused on how to become rich, the next move to become rich, it's probably going to ruin your quality of life because you're probably not seeing turnaround and results as fast as you'd like anyway. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. I also don't live a lavish lifestyle where it's like I'm worrying about money. 
I'm sure if I was dropping like thousands on clothing on a regular weekly basis, I'd be like, yeah, I need to worry. But I get like a fucking burrito bowl. I'm not thinking twice about it, you know? <laughs> so I'm not quite at the rich lifestyle yet to worry about what I'm buying. Oh, no. I'm talking like, hey, I want to go buy a new like MacBook. And I just like swipe it. Don't like worry about it. Just like I can buy anything I want and I never have to think about it. That's that's where I want to be in life. Honestly, same. I would love that. Yeah. But I would like yeah. to be richer because I'm just about that lifestyle. Drinking proper 12 on a boat. I hope yeah. nobody's doing that. But the issue is I don't have the work, work ethic to do so. I'm telling you right now, there are times I think. Some of my boys who like I know from like my days back in West Virginia, I, they were the hardest working niggas I've ever met in my life. Those white boys out in West Virginia, them boys work. And a few of them now live, like, great. I'll see their Snapchat story in, like, their house or whatever. And I'm like, the only way he got this in these trucks and that is because he is working this shit-ass job. But he is doing 80 to 90 hours of it every week, every year. And I just don't have – I think I have a decent work ethic, a good work ethic. I don't have 90 hours at the job work ethic. Bro, that's not sustainable. These boys have been doing it for like seven years. Yeah, but that's not sustainable. And their dads did it their whole life. Their grandpas did it their whole life. I'm telling you right now, when hard work, like brack baking work is all you've ever seen, I don't think they think there's anything different in this. Because you could talk to them. I might have to get one on the cast one day. And they would act like to them, this is normal. Like this is all they've seen their whole life. So like this is what they expected to do when they grew up. Yeah, I also feel like at a certain point, you like you just go on autopilot. Like, you reach a certain amount of numbers or hours a week. It's like, yeah, I know I got to keep doing this. And your body just goes into autopilot. I bet they don't even, like, really have to think about what they're doing because they're so used to it also. Bro, he drinks crazy on Saturday and Sunday. But I remember <laughs> he snapped me a couple... He snapped me a couple weeks ago on Friday, and he was like, 14-hour day, we're out early. And I was like, what in the fuck? I could not have. I did 12 hours yesterday, and I was like, never again. I'm done with this. I'm, I might quit doing, right now. Imagine doing the manual labor of that, too. It's like, mm-hmm. ridiculous. Yeah, no, you're definitely right, though. It's a thing of, if you don't know any better, you don't question it. Yeah. Yeah. Which is crazy. It is so crazy. Because I know people in my field who just like, re- like recently left for like another job or they're getting paid like six figures. And I'm like, all right, so I need to start making six figures then if I'm going to do what I'm fucking doing. Yeah. Which is stupid to think about. One of my boy's wife just left him actually because he works too much. And that's, that's my biggest dilemma in life. <laughs> I would hate to like provide for my family so well that I'm providing too well. It's not even you're providing too well. It's you're yeah. just not home. We've talked about this before. Like you have to be home at a certain extent. You've got to be home at a certain extent. But that is just there's so many women out here who wish they did be baby daddy or they husband who hasn't had a job in two years. There's so many of them who wish they man would work that I feel like having a man who worked too much is like almost like too good of a problem. Yeah, but think about this, right? Because you know how construction you wake up early, you get off. Usually early, but if you're working 16 hours, you're not. So think about this. Your man gets up before you do, goes to work, comes home probably like around bedtime, and then goes to sleep and then goes back to work. 
your husband is basically not there. So like you're dealing with like the same kind of issue. There's no one there. You're just making a lot more money to do so. I guess that's true. I guess they're really in it for the love. They want their husband present. I mean, I guess you get him Sunday and like Saturday and Sunday, but today's not enough. Or if they work completely opposite, opposite schedules than you, say like you're a day shifter and they're like a third shifter. It's like you're both working all the time and you just never see each other. Like that would be shit. Yeah. I would probably suck as well for a little. I mean, Sorry. if you're annoyed with them, I'm sure it's fine. <laughs> but if you actually want to see them, it would suck. But I'm also big on the. I don't know how realistic it is to think that you're going to spend a ton of time with your significant other in adulthood anyway. Because you're going to go to work, both of you. That's eight hours out the day. Nine hours out the day, at least. You're not going to see each other, really. And then you're going to sleep for about eight. So now we got about six or seven left. You'll probably have dinner, maybe watch TV. And that's really like it outside of the weekends, thanks to capitalism. But then if you have kids or a family and you got to take kids to events or go to school shit, you're really not spending that much time with your significant other. That's why you got to marry your friend. So you see your friend occasionally, but when you're not seeing them, like, I'll catch you later, pal. <laughs> that, is, that is like a really good point, to be fair. It sounds so morbid, though. It's like, yeah, I just married my friend. We see each on occasion. We got kids, but like, it's kind of whatever. Or like... I mean, the friend thing is definitely one, but it's also just like, you really have to marry someone you can trust. Mm -hmm. Because if you're like never seeing each other, you really have to like be big on communication and trust that they are doing what they say they're doing. Yeah. Because that could get real, real bad real fast. No, people don't... It's so shitty. It's like you really don't know the realness of adulthood until once it hits you and you're too deep into it. Yeah, it's nothing that anybody's prepared for by any means. People are like, I want to be adults. I want to be grown. And it's like, you know, when you're a kid, people say, hey, take your time. You're like, yeah, whatever. Fuck face. I'm trying to live. And you get Even to it you were... and you're like, damn, this is a fucking trap like they told me it was. Even when you were like 18, 19, and you re- that's when you really started thinking you was an adult. Life was good. And then like 2021 came, you were like, shit. Oh my god, you start paying rent, all these bills, and I'm like, why the fuck is the electricity so fucking high this month? God damn it. Yeah. Yeah, I was talking to my dad about that, and I was telling him what my electric bill was, and he was like, yeah, remember when you lived with me and you kept moving the air conditioner? That's why. <laughs> I, was like, Bro, I literally got three fans running in this house in Delaware right now. Don't care. Not my problem. <laughs> literally don't give a fuck. Sorry, though. We're going to be rich one day. Podcast going to really start popping off. Hell yeah. Fucking some dude hit us on Instagram. I'm going to give him a shout out on Monday, but some dude hit us on the Instagram and said, hey, found you guys from TikTok. Downloaded you because I really like what's going on. I was like, thank you, dude. He said, Ezra's funny. I said, cool, thanks. Appreciate it. I love that. I love that. It's a good man. Smart man. He was a black man as well, so makes sense. They ought to stick together. You guys got anything else for us to sing up? Um, 
read a real good book lately. I'll give you a brief book report. <laughs> it was called Tightrope, Americans Looking for Hope. It was written in 2018. It was a document. I'm setting the backstory first. Okay. It was a, not a documentary. It was an autobiography. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> it was an author going back. He's a political science uh, major or whatever. And he was going back to his hometown and like deep diving into it. And the grand scheme of the book was that American as a whole is like, like citizens are shouting for help and they need help and we ignore them. His big point is he's from a small town and he went back home to that and his eyes were widely awakened. Um, most people realize that America's got huge cities. We got Charlotte, we got Dallas, Houston, DC, New York. We got all of those. What people don't realize is we have way more small, rural, impoverished towns than we do these big cities. But from like outside countries and like a citizen looking in, you don't think of that. You think we all good because of everything we got booming. When these small rural towns are like so impoverished and so overlooked, they're like infested with drug addicts and high dropout rates and like disease and stuff like that. And the book was a great read. It was kind of weird, though, because I never really thought of it like that because I'm not from, like, a rural area. But, like, even something as small as high school dropout, you can ask Ethan, Kevin, Diana, Eli. We might have had one person in all eight of our years at Riverbend put together dropout. So I didn't think high school dropout was still a thing in today's day and age. I knew drug addiction was a thing, but I didn't know it was a huge thing. I thought teen pregnancy was getting better. It's not. Illiteracy is like worse than ever. We're actually like shitty for our citizens. Like the American dream and America as the big bad, like best country in the world. That shit is all cap. It's like big cap. I have been saying that for forever. I like don't understand the hype of it all. And me being from a rural place, I think I like mentioned this on the podcast once. The there was a group of girls in my high school, the grade ahead of me. There was like five or six of them that all got pregnant at the exact same time. And like it wasn't like that weird pregnancy packed shit. It was like they all just happened to be pregnant. And I think like half of them dropped out and got married. Or at least got their high school education and got married. But I know people like I know a ton of people that dropped out of high school. I don't absolutely I don't know one. That is and, and then it's like since like all the old like fossil fuels and like steel industries and shit like that are like dead now, most of these small communities that were like big on farming or the steel industry or mining and shit like that, they like are like torn. So you gotta go to this you gotta be near a city nowadays to have a like good paying job realistically. Yep. But like can't everybody make it to the city? And it's, it's weird. I feel like as a whole, America has overlooked its grand population because there's way more people in these rural towns in these massive cities. It's kind of sad. Yeah. Kind of like, crazy. Yeah, the Appalachia area, like the whole mountain range area, is the poorest in the United States. And it's like all kinds of little bitty towns that just, they might be a mile wide, but people don't ever leave because their family roots are there or whatever and they're just kind of stuck so it is very sad 
I mean, you gotta think about it. Anna's Anna was telling me her grandparents live in this like, you know, up in the mountains, North Carolina. She was telling me they just got flooded. Guarantee you, nobody knows about it. But she was telling me there was like in their house, literally like three to four feet of water just ruined everything, washed away like a shit ton of stuff on the property. Like, and you, no one will know about it. But like, I know because of her. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of wild to like think about. It's crazy to think about. Yeah. Oh, that's super interesting. It was a great book report by you. Thanks, bro. I got I did real good on the book report actually. He gave me like an eighty-eight on it. He, did, you, um, did you read this book or was this the one that you listened to a podcast about it? I listened to the podcast about it, but then I went back and read some of the chapters late night to see what it was talking about. Because some of the stuff he was talking about, and I was like, "Damn, like we really that grimy?" And yes, folks, as sad as I want to see. The country that you beloved, the great America, is really kind of pathetic. God. And people have got to stop pushing this notion that, like, we're the smartest country. We're not even, like, in the top 30. And then I hate when they're like, oh, America, the home of the free. There are, like, 40 other free, sovereign, demo- democratic nations out there. Like, we're not the only one. You could go just maybe six hours north into Canada, and you would find a free market democracy that runs a lot smoother with free health care. And that's just a couple hundred miles north of most people. There are a ton of countries that are very much like better ran than America. America has done a great job of like propaganda and making you believe that like this is the greatest country in the world. Yeah. Yep. I don't know where that started. It might have had. It probably started in like elementary school. And what's wild is like Trump's whole MAGA thing. But it's like, when was America great? Like, I would love to know when that period of time was. I think it's like the whole pride and ego of like, you know, being American and blah 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 and all that shit. I think people just you know take that for what it is and run with it rather than like actually determining if it is great or if it is something to be proud of or you know blah blah so those other like super historic countries that have been like around for thousands of years way longer than america like some of those european countries i almost wonder what they think of america because we've got to be a joke to them yeah we're we're the worst if you talk to any foreigner ever it's a complete just fucking they just make fun of us all the time Which they should, they should do rightfully. Um. All right. Anything else left? We we'll wrap this thing up. Oh. Oh. Okay. No, I'm good. No, I'm good. No. No other book reports. <laughs> no, I'll save my next one for another day. All right. Man. Hey, thank you guys for listening. As always, you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Facebook, Porch Talk No A. We're popping off on TikTok per usual. We're doing the damn thing on there. Um. Leave us to be an Apple podcast. If you leave one on there, we get right on the podcast. We appreciate you guys for listening. We'll be back next week. Peace. Okay. Hold up, wait a minute. All good. Just a week ago. Crew at 
my house and we party every weekend so on the radio that's my favorite song make me bounce around like i don't know like i won't be here long now the thrill is gone got no patience cause i'm not a doctor go why is you lying Girl, why you Mufasa? Yeah, me casa su casa. Got it stripped like Gaza. Got so high off volcanoes. Now the flow is so lava. Yeah, we fit that saliva. iPhone got message from Viber. Either the head is so hydra or we let bygones be bygones. My God, you. Yeah. I'm outside in an AMG. Right outside. TT. Two turn, baby girl, you know me.